Good morning. I'm Karen Sarlo. I'm Kelly Sarlo, and welcome to Coffee with the Sarlos. What are we talking about today? Um, a treatment. One of okay. One uh, of yours? Yeah. Well, I'm going to say one of mine because I'm just going to start the conversation. But I know that you have had similar experiences. Oh, okay. In some of your treatments, and that it all this is also something that has come up in our meet, evening with the mediums. Um, and I, I think it's just, um, I don't even know how to describe the topic. It makes me nervous to bring it up, but, and apprehensive in some ways, but it's the truth. Mm-hmm. And so quite often when we need to talk about the truth, there's some level of excitement and happiness, but also fear because we are living in a world of judgment. Mm-hmm. And, uh, this is going to press some buttons. There's no doubt. And so I know some people, as soon as they hear the topic, are going to hit off. And that's cool because that's where they are in their journey. But I know some of them are going to uh, turn the volume up and want to hear some of this because they need it. And Mm -hmm. this show is for those people that need it. And for the people that don't, bye-bye. Have a good day. Uh, And I mean that sincerely, to go have a good day. Not rudely to them, like I'm dismissing them. Um, so here it is. So in treatment a long time ago, a few years back now, um, what came through for me was, um, asking a client if her, if she had had a miscarriage and, um, she said yes, but didn't, had never told anybody, had never spoken about it. Mm -hmm. And, um, she didn't know she wanted to talk about it. So after, deciding, thinking about it, she wanted to receive messages. She left it at that point. So the messages came through for her from the soul or spirit, whatever word you want to call, uh, this beautiful energy that chose not to come to earth mm-hmm. as a child, as a human being, and to live some life. And through that session, after we connected with one miscarriage, and she, because she had said she had had a miscarriage, that was correct. Mm-hmm. What came through was that she had actually had three. Mm-hmm. And then I asked her if there were three miscarriages, and she said yes. But she didn't say that at the beginning because she was just trying to offer the affirmations, but to see how the session went. Kind of feeling her way through. Yeah. And, and I think processing, too. Right. Um, I don't know that anybody... Um, well, maybe other people have had that experience with other people with gifts like this. I shouldn't assume that. So anyway, after the three souls came through that were miscarriages, I asked her if she'd had an abortion. And she said yes. And I said that I had one abortion. And she confirmed that there was three miscarriages and one abortion. And I asked her if she'd like to connect with the abortion. And she said yes. So we were able to make that connection and talk about the contracts and what happened in her experience at that time with detail Mm -hmm. and how the spirits came through. So that's kind of what I wanted to talk about today. And I know that's a topic we've talked about. What are you laughing? Yeah, just because the way that you presented it, I was sitting here thinking, "Uh oh, as a co-host, I hope I'm I'm comfortable talking about it, but I was, I think I was waiting for the ball to drop and you know, I love this conversation. Oh, I know you do. Okay. So we're going to launch into kind of anything about it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think too, Kelly, just to answer some questions, because Mm -hmm. I think it's good to share it with people. And if they're still listening at this point, because now they know that we're talking about that we can connect to people's, uh, these energies that are abortions and miscarriages. Mm -hmm. Some people will, will just go into whatever their belief systems are, or they've been told to believe and exit. But I think for the people that maybe have had their own and never been able to share it, or they know somebody who has had a miscarriage or an abortion, whether this is a man listening or a woman, Mm -hmm. um, quite often we just, we don't understand the process of what happens in the spirit world that this happens to us. Yeah. I'm even, I'm thinking of the people who haven't necessarily gone through it. Um, mm-hmm. but perhaps are wanting children down the road and, and are nervous about this possibility. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So one of the first things that pops into my mind is, um, maybe to start talking about soul contracts, because mm-hmm. I think for those people who kind of have their finger hovering around the off button, um, but are maybe a little bit curious, that's probably a really great place to start because if mm-hmm. we can understand what a soul contract is between two people, 
um, this concept or this theory of, you know, miscarriages and abortions might not cross the religious boundaries that some people mm-hmm. are expecting to have crossed today. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it might just kind of ease them into a, a different way of thinking. Okay. So can I go ahead and say yeah. what I understand the soul contracts yeah, are? Yeah, I was from... just going to ask you okay. to, to not just define it, um, but kind of give a little bit more of a... I'm going to talk some, about some my ex- my experience yeah. in, instead because it's not, you know, your experience can become your opinion or your experience no, can... No, I liked that. I really liked that. It's mm. still an opinion. Yes. So some people might say, well, it's just her opinion. And so what I'm sharing is are my experiences and they're different with different people. So then your opinion has to broaden and it has to stretch to encompass all of these experiences. Or you can be a dismissive person and push them outside of your your emotional base. You either expand that emotional base or you keep shrinking it. Mm-hmm. You have two choices. So anyway. So uh, explain to the me soul what contracts contract. are. Okay. So the first time I understood soul contracts, I was in the treatment room and I saw on our white fireplace a toilet bowl. And I did. This is how the story goes. Okay. So there was this white toilet bowl. And then it moved up onto the ceiling because I was laying down on the treatment table and our ceiling is white stucco. And there's a white brick fireplace in my treatment room and lots of windows facing nature. Mm -hmm. So lots of green um, trees. But up on the ceiling is this white toilet bowl. And I'm thinking that is one funny looking toilet bowl. It was white. And um, around the toilet bowl, I call it the council. But at the time, it just looked like a group of, of I'll say, beings. And, and people might think, well, does she mean human beings? I didn't know. But it just looked kind of like human bodies, but not totally, because you can't totally make out definition. But I remember as I sat at this t- around this toilet bowl, this, it looked more like, um, how do you call it, Kelly? Like um, a spiral, a vortex. Mm-hmm. Okay, which kind of looks like your toilet bowl when you're flushing it. Okay. Good? Mm-hmm. Okay, so maybe this is just my brain and, you know, functionality and left brain, right brain trying to match up. Anyway, I remember sitting there and looking at all these different beings around the table and thinking, what the hell am I doing here? And what is this? And they said, this is the council. And I thought, what the heck is a council for? Like, I know on earth, but what, what, like, what am I doing here? And I was so out of my body watching myself do this. And they said, well, we're, this is the Akashic field. This is, these are the records. And I'm thinking, you're in a toilet bowl? <laughs> it's like a metaphor for human life. <laughs> Maybe that's my soul's humor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I just... Anyway, so maybe that's the cute part, Karen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. Um, so anyway, we were. I'm just observing. So I'm thinking, well, what are you guys all doing here? <laughs> and they said, well, um, we're looking at uh, your client at 3 o'clock. <laughs> and I'm like, huh? We're looking at your client at 3 o'clock. These are the choices. These are the agreements that she made before she came to Earth. And I'm thinking, what? That's interesting. And they said, yeah, yeah, yeah. So just sit down and watch. Just yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> Let beep. us do our work. <laughs> Stop talking. Um, and so I'm sitting there asking questions. And I got to say, some people might say, how'd you ask a question? It's telepathic. Mm-hmm. You don't talk out loud here. And so you think your thoughts and everybody thinks them and answers each other. It's just phenomenal. And time doesn't, it's not the same. You don't know how you have to go in one at a time and put your hand up type of thing. Very open communication. Yeah. And so I got to see uh, this client at three o'clock and, you know, we like to call our clients Mary. No, you. Uh, Okay. Okay. So, yeah, that's true. You give all of your clients an old name. I do. Go ahead. Okay. So Mary's coming at three o'clock and her counsel is showing me her, her agreements. So these are all of the agreements that she's made with her own soul before she comes to earth, Mm -hmm. that she's going to meet this man, that she's going to have this many children, that these souls 
here, X, Y, and Z, um, have agreed to be the spirits that will sit in eternity or whatever you want to call it on the other side in energy. I'll call it in the energy field. And should she make these choices, these spirits come forward. And I thought that was really interesting. So does this explain that some things... This is cool. Can I can I give an example of how I see it? In like yeah. the, not how I see it, but how I've seen it happen. Yeah, of course. Um, do you remember when we were kids, we had goosebump books, and you could choose your own ending? Yes! So it's like, well, if you choose to marry this man, you'll have these children that come forward. But if you choose to live single, this is the career and the animal yeah, yeah. that comes forward. That's exactly it. Like, so you're talking about these contracts not being written in stone, correct me if I'm wrong, mm-hmm. um, but options, possibilities. Yes. Very much like, Very the cool. tr- like the tree of life. When people see the tree, I got to really de- uh, understand what did the tree of life really means. And so it was at this place that I was allowed to ask telepathically of all of these beautiful spirit guides. At the council? The council. Um, that the three o'clock, Mary's council, her guides, the types of things that she was looking at in this life. So, and, and what what is, I'll say, permeable? What is set in stone? Um, um, what are the things she can't avoid? Mm-hmm. Um, the meaning which set in stone, um, and what are the things that are really truly flexible? She has free will over because they talk about free will. Mm-hmm. I'll say, well, no, oh, let me back that up. I was raised Catholic at one point, so they refer to free will, but it's loosey goosey in the Bible, it, according to how I read it. Not everybody else. I'll just say the mm-hmm. interpretations I got. I didn't understand the idea of free will. So you go. I'm sitting at this table. And I get to see and hear that she's scheduled, I'll say scheduled, for a miscarriage. And I'm thinking, what? That, that's, that was something that had not come into my sphere of thoughts mm-hmm. because of the life that I've lived to think of something like that. So somebody from a different culture might go, yeah, 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 that's totally normal. We got to get what you're talking about. But because of where I grew up, I'll say... And the environment I grew up in, this is totally the opposite of what my upbringing Mm -hmm. or my culture would have ever informed me to believe. So this is absolutely brand new stuff for me outside of my box of understanding life. And so I got to go and speak to the spirit who was scheduled to come in as her child. Cool. And then I got to speak to and see an abortion that she had had. And now I don't know yet that she's actually had an abortion, but this is what's being presented to me in the morning, four hours before she arrives or whatever, three or four hours, that she's going to have a miscarriage, but that she's already had an abortion. So I have to wait till she shows up at three o'clock to be able to ask her if that's correct information. And by the way, scared out of my mind to confront somebody and say, did you have an abortion? That's just not stuff you just throw out there. There has to be a great deal of care and respect and kindness. And you really have to to be to be able to have that person trust you to share something like that. And this is a stranger. Yeah. Interestingly enough, there's a movement happening right now about speaking up about abortions. Oh, I love that. Mm-hmm. And and anyway. like it was it, it's important to me in being able to speak to those two spirits about, okay, so you are her abortion. What happened with that? That's all I said. And her abortion, now I'm going to say male, female, because they're neither on the other side. Right. But for the sake of conversation as human beings, we always assign a sex to a human being. Mm-hmm. Um, but on the other side, I don't get male or female. I simply get energy. Mm-hmm. So if somebody says, well, what the abortion look like? That's bull crap. Well, it looks like sparkles to me. So if I say sparkles, I mean energy. Mm-hmm. Um, and if I say that I created it to look like sparkles so I could be comfortable, that could be correct too, because they're non-threatening. Mm-hmm. Um, but the energy comes through to explain to me that it never intends to come to earth to live a life. It knows that it has this ability to be energy, that it's going to stay in the form of an energy, that it's going to come to earth to present itself so that she has the right to free will, Mm -hmm. so that she has the right to exercise that, and that she 
um, and I'm saying she here, here right now in this part of this conversation because it's it's a feminine energy on earth that has to make that choice and decision because so far we have not impregnated the male energies. Mm-hmm. Good. So this is something she chooses before she comes to earth to be female, to experience something like this, because in this case, in her past life, she didn't have the choice. Now, at this point, and I'm asking just for the sake of listeners, because yeah. I, I know where you're going with this. Are you referring to the quote unquote mother or are you referring to the energy that's coming through as the fetus? Mm. I don't know what your question is. Sorry. Well, you're referring to um, the choice to come into this earth as a female. Oh, the mother. To, okay, thank you. The this mother. This is something I wanted to clarify. Thanks, because, Kelly. Yeah, yeah. Because there's a lot of different choices that are happening right. in this contract in yes. one. Because so, it's two people weaving their contract together, right? Yes. Okay. So she chooses to come to earth as a female to to go through this. That Your was client. Yes. Okay. Mary. This is very important that she chose female because in a past life she had chosen male. Mm-hmm. So she has no ability to make the decision to have an abortion. Right. It's being made for Mary as a male in a prior life. She has okay. no no ability to choose or to be involved in that. Mm-hmm. So she feels powerless. So she comes into this life as the female to feel power. And to know her own and to have the, the, the ability, the ability, the opportunity. And I found it really interesting too, because she chooses a country where she's allowed to, Mm -hmm. whereas other countries she could, she could be stoned or murdered for this. This, Can I pause for a second? Mm -hmm. Because, and this is something I want to touch on because some people who want to turn the, you know, the power button off maybe are still listening and fuming. Um, Because you, you said the word power. Mm-hmm. And I think people can latch on to that and think there's only one kind of power and that it's Mm-mm. something we shouldn't want. Um, and I just want to kind of interject and say uh, that choice mm-hmm. is a power. That's right. Just to have, to see, to know that there are there's more than one option is a power that we feel. Mm-hmm. And then we get to exercise, hopefully, in that opportunity, making the best decision for ourselves and for others. Mm-hmm. That's the type of power that we're referring to. That's right. And that in some, uh, I don't even know how to word this. I don't know if it's religions or cultures. I don't, I don't know what it is because I haven't experienced that. But where certain people in those cultures or religions or governments or groups, I don't know, feel that they have the power over another person's choices. Mm-hmm. So if I feel that I'm against abortion, that I have the right to exert my belief or my religion or my thoughts or my experience mm-hmm. over another human being and temp- take my template of reality and suppress them with mine mm-hmm. as opposed to allowing theirs to be what it is um, and and to let them experience that so that they can love themselves enough, make a choice. And I think what I learned in this from in, in this particular contract with Mary and this abortion was that she made the choice about ending her pregnancy um, for her own personal reasons. And someone in the listening might think, well, come on, come on, tell us the reasons because you want to hear them because then if you are on her side, you can side with her. And if you're not on her side, then you can still make abortion right and her wrong. So I'm not going to offer any reasons. Oh. But I'm going to in a minute, but I'm just not going to about Mary. Okay. Because okay, I, want pe- I want people to step back just for a moment and recognize their own behavior. That cool. if I hear somebody's reason for doing something or not doing something and I like it, or it falls under my my religion or my upbringing mm-hmm. or what I believe, then I'm judging that they're okay or they're not okay, mm-hmm. which puts me back in my power over them again. Mm-hmm. So this is all about being able to break down your belief system just to be emotionally mature enough to understand what we do when we listen to that story. And I picked this one about abortion because it's absolutely a strong one. But now can you... Can you take that about a divorce or about an affair or about quitting high school or about going from job to job or 
so many other things where as long as I have my belief about that and I'm okay with it, then I'm okay with that person Mm -hmm. and their choice. Or if I'm not okay with it, you know, I believe you should, you know, you should have a union and you should work 30 years for the same company and have benefits and a pension or, you know, you're just, you're not doing the right thing in life. And if that's what I did and my husband did, then everybody else is a fly by night or they're, you know, if you've got a bunch of jobs, what's wrong? Like, you, know, you can't seem to hold down a job. Poor Martha, you know. And so we, we there I go with my old names again, but we, we judge other people because of, of our own experience mm-hmm. and, and where we create our own sense of being safe. And so I really wanted to talk about the abortion if you, issue because I think it comes right back down to where we feel safe or we don't feel safe. Right. So I'm going to take that opportunity then to come back to what a soul contract is. Yeah. Um, because I think I think it's really important mm-hmm. that people feel safe understanding it. Mm-hmm. Um, because you're t- you're bringing up judgment, and mm-hmm. if we don't fully understand what a, what the contracts are, yeah, then there is room for judgment because we're human, and that's what we do mm-hmm. for fun, for entertainment, whatever that is. Mm-hmm. Um. So can we come back and yeah, sort of really just sure. keep continue talking about the contract itself? So she had a contract. Mary had a contract with this soul not to carry it to term, to have to exercise her free will, mm-hmm. to be responsible and to take care of her own life. And that in this life, she was to become and to try and break past patterns where she could have many children and bring children into the world and not be responsible. So in a past life when she had been the male, she had been able to have sex with lots of females and impregnate many women, but not be responsible to parent them, to love them, to nurture them. And I don't mean just financially, mm-hmm. I mean in all aspects of being yep. a parent. So this time there was, um, well, people are hearing what that contract was. It was for her to be able to, um, for Mary to be able to take care of herself responsibly Mm -hmm. and to be able to evaluate what responsible means. Not just to herself, but also to To another human being. Right. May I ask another question? Mm -hmm. Okay. So can you please touch on Hmm. the contract of the abortion? And yeah. I'm going to ask directly because I've had experience cha- uh, experience channeling um, abortions and miscarriages as well. You, you're talking about them being contracted to be carried not to term, but for a certain time in the womb. Yeah. So what is it that they contract themselves to learn in that short period of time? Well, my experience with that one was that it was a very old soul, if you want to call it an old soul, meaning that um, it doesn't come to earth. Some people, and I'm referring to an old soul in this sense as it doesn't come to earth to be human. Mm-hmm. It's a spiritual being that stays on the other side, I'll say, because mm-hmm. we're here on this side, if you want to call earth this side. Um, this being doesn't come to earth. So some people might have a problem with that right there, thinking that every conception is a human being. Mm-hmm. And to me, that was something that the council was teaching me that not that that's not true for every single situation and that this being this this energy um knew that it wasn't going to come through so there's no rejection there's no feeling of i've killed something that was supposed to have a life i think this is really neat and perhaps this is a whole different conversation because we always have this well society or human beings have this whole idea of um, having a body with a soul, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so you can correct me if I'm wrong, but essentially what you're talking about is as we are conceived, the physical body is growing, but the soul has not entered the body yet yes. because it's still on the other side making its decision. Yeah. So, well, it comes back and forth. Yes. It come, it's interchangeable. There's a fluidity there. That we still have as mm-hmm. fully developed human beings. Right. You're 27, I'm 54. We still have the same 
ability to be a soul in a body and to come back and forth within it. Mm -hmm. So you can refer to that as a daydream. You can talk about that as being creative. Right. You can say it's a shaman. You can say it's a singer when they're, when they're hitting a note and they're in all of their joy. That out of body experience. It's, it's, yeah. So many people have their own terms to describe that, but yes. Um, I also wanted to point out, cause you're talking about, um, Mary needing to, or fulfilling her contract. And I, I use those words, um, intentionally yeah. fulfilling her contract to understand responsibility, mm-hmm. um, to herself and to this, this fetus as well. Right. And what I think is really cool is that in some of the ones that I've channeled, and perhaps this is the same situation for Mary's, um, uh, fetus is sometimes these these energies that come through as pregnancies that don't intend to fully come to earth um, they want to be nurtured and cared for and they want someone to be responsible for them and so our human selves think that means carrying them to term keeping mm-hmm. them healthy mm-hmm. keeping them healthy and nurtured and safe as humans mm-hmm. and yet that love that you can feel when you know that you're pregnant and it ends up being a miscarriage or that love that you can feel for yourself and the respect that you can feel for the fetus itself in saying, I won't be able to do you justice or I won't be able to do the best job or I'm not ready or whatever the reasoning is. And we'll get into those. The love with which the decision is made mm-hmm. is what helps fulfill that fetus's contract. Yes. That they were cared for and considered so wholeheartedly mm-hmm. that they're okay to go now. Their mm-hmm. contract is complete and, and good. And yeah. they get to move on to their next contract. Yes. Yes. That was one of the things we've both learned that by mm-hmm. doing this, how much love there is between these two souls, the 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 host, the mom, mm-hmm. and or whatever you want to call that, the human mm-hmm. and the spirit. And the exchange of energy, which you're which we're calling love, between two souls. To help each other experience love. Mm-hmm. Um, to me, that was the purpose of wanting to do this podcast today. Um, because to me, that was something that came through. So now if I continue just for a moment in yeah. this part of the conversation, when Mary comes at three o'clock that day, I we go through her session for a period of time. And of course, you know, asking consent and boundaries and checking in. And then I asked her about if I could go to the to children. And she says, yes. And I said, am I allowed to bring up miscarriages and abortions? And that's when she says, yes. And then I'm allowed to ask, did you have an abortion? Mm-hmm. So I want people to understand that both of us are very respectful of the process so that if they think, holy crap, I had an abortion, I don't want those two to ask me, mm-hmm. that it, it's not something that's just done or thrown at you, that there is a process that both of us go through in making sure that that the spirit world has to actually give us that information first, that we ask for permission from the spirit world to bring it up. Are we supposed to? Mm-hmm. If the spirit world says no, we don't, even though we might still know it, it might mean that they might the client might have to come two or three times or six times or 15 times before we're allowed to ask. So some people come in and say, well, you know, you're not very good. Uh, I thought you got abortions and miscarriages. I had a, a miscarriage and you didn't bring it up. And it doesn't mean that we didn't get it. It simply means that when we get the information, we still are asking for permission. We're asking if timing is 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 right to bring that up. And perhaps the, the, the woman who who brings that to our attention and says, well, you didn't get it, could be that it was on her to actually have enough courage or to ask to, to, uh, to use her own voice to bring it up. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, you know, it's not about us being in our ego saying, haha, we know something mm-hmm. and, and throwing it as a power over situation that I know this about you, but that in the energy healing part of what you and I do is that there is permission mm-hmm. and it's not just from the human being, but from their spirit and their guides. I am. Um... Yeah, I like the point that you're making. And I would also like to bring up that there are instances where we do bring something up like that. And the person says, well, you must not be very good because I don't want to talk about that. Shouldn't you have known? Mm -hmm. Which, all right, I get the human part of, of that belief. However, 
sometimes the messages that come through from the abortion or the miscarriage are the very things that need to be heard, are the very things that you need to be working through. And sometimes there are people who need to hear it in a very abrasive kind of way, mm-hmm. um, where maybe it's not the, the easiest or the friendliest way to bring things up, but it's the way they end up learning their lessons. Mm-hmm. And so not to say that we would ever, again, use that as a power over situation, uh, but it's interesting the ways and the timing that things come up. Mm-hmm. And I was actually, it's kind of a nice segue because I was going to ask you, what would the benefit be of hearing from them? So when someone comes in, and either wants or doesn't want to hear from them, how do we benefit from hearing from these souls? Um, in my experience, again, just to be reflective back of what people's feedback has been about hearing it, some women feel tremendous relief in knowing that somebody else knows. Mm-hmm. Because so many women have to go through that experience by themselves because they are afraid or ashamed or forced mm-hmm. Um, there are different situations for that. Not everybody could understand how a woman could be forced into one, but some are. Or forced to be isolated in their decision. I'm saying both. Yeah. So yes, thanks, yeah. Kelly. Yes. Um, and, and, and while if you're listening to this and you can't fathom that, that's a nice thing that you can't fathom that. That's a luxury. Mm-hmm. Because that is unfortunately some women's reality. And so... For some, for some people, they have carried that information, um, you know, maybe for a year, maybe for a decade, maybe for six decades. And that's a long time to carry a secret, um, a long time to carry grief, because sometimes when you're carrying a secret, your secret creates grief. Mm-hmm. Because when you share your grief with somebody you somehow it dissipates somehow it gets carried a little less heavily by sharing it and when you can't share it um the things that that does I'll say to your mind but what I'm experiencing is that what it does to their bodies mm-hmm. where sorry. they hold that pain in their back they hold that pain in their pelvis they hold that in an ovary they or their breath they're oh yes yeah, how many people are holding their breath yeah. Not sure if they made the right decision. Not sure if it was their fault. Not sure if when the judgment's going to come down. Mm-hmm. That if somebody does find out about it, that's going to be the day of judgment. That they're going to lose their husband or they're going to lose the love their mother has for them if they find out they had an abortion. Um, that they're going to feel isolated or rejected. So this is a safe place for to share the grief and mm-hmm. to share... I think some people think that if a woman has an abortion, she doesn't grieve. That that little bee, whatever, didn't grieve. She mm-hmm. made the choice. That's on her. And I think there's so much anger sometimes from somebody else towards them for doing something like that, that we gloss over the fact that they've grieved the, the decision, oh, yeah. that they did do that, but that there was, they didn't, maybe they didn't feel there was any other choice, or maybe they feel that. They did make the healthiest decision. I still am grieving, but I did the right thing. I think it's the same, and maybe it'll be argued by some people. Uh, when you're POA over healthcare, and yeah. it's your decision to pull the plug. Oh, yes. You grieve so much. You might have still made the right choice because they were in pain, X, Y, and Z, for all of your reasons as to why and when you mm-hmm. pulled the plug. Um, but there's still a process of the decision-making process, mm-hmm. and there's still a process of the grief. Hey, But people and, don't see it that way. Mm-hmm. And you and I both know people have come to see us where they have been a POA. Somebody has suffered their entire life with MS or, you know, whatever, um, Hodgkin's or whatever, and they have had to do ter- an end of life, and they have had to make that decision. Mm-hmm. Um, and they still feel shame. They still feel guilty, Mm -hmm. even though they 100% know they made the right decision. Mm -hmm. The doctor could be telling them that they made the right decision, and they still feel like they need to be forgiven by the spirit of the person who they did this to. They still come to see us to find out, did they forgive me for disconnecting them? They were in a coma, but I'm still the one that had to say yes and sign the papers. Do they forgive me? It's similar to that. And some people might find that offensive, but I don't care. 
I don't care what people find offensive. It's it's to push people or to invite them, push or invite, you know, because sometimes we need to push, sometimes we accept an invitation, just to think of something outside of what we normally have thought of it. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, one of the things I was going to add to what you were saying you kept mentioning forgiveness, wanting forgiveness about mm-hmm. making the decision. And I think that goes hand in hand with people wanting to communicate. Yeah, Because they come to us or someone like us or they make their prayers, even if they're not talking to another individual, um, where they might be asking for the forgiveness, but what they really want to do is talk about it. Yeah. Right? And so if we're carrying that secret, we're not processing our emotions and our thoughts mm-hmm. properly because we spin in our own thoughts and don't really know what the reality is anymore. Mm -hmm. And it's different than therapy because a therapist can sit down and do different things when uh, a woman walks in and says, I've had an abortion. So therapy offers you something, but when they see us, it's different. We are connecting to the energy of the abortion. There is a direct line of communication. We are able to give the particulars of how you went through the abortion or Uh, what you were thinking at that time, or what was going on in your life at that time that brought you to that decision. The therapist has to ask you that. Mm -hmm. We don't have to do the asking. We don't spend hours trying to go through that process and justify it. We simply can connect to the spirit, have a discussion, offer the affirmations and communicate and move forward. Mm -hmm. It's, It's and I'm not saying it's better than therapy. I'm not saying I'm just saying it's different. Um, can we switch gears? Yeah, because something one of the things that I've, um, well, I guess experienced, especially with a close friend of mine who wants children, but has gone through an abortion and doesn't necessarily feel that she has the right to children in her future because she said no to the first opportunity. Right. And I find that really interesting Mm -hmm. because in all of the channeling that we've done, There have been specific situations where that abortion or the miscarriage, I'll use that interchangeably, um, sits on the other side, source, whatever, Mm -hmm. you know, we're calling it and says, I've got your, I've got your children here. I'm with my brothers and sisters. Mm -hmm. And when you're ready, they're coming through. Mm -hmm. This is what it's going to be like. And they already know the story of their siblings. Yeah. And they're already family. And yet Mm -hmm. we as humans are still sitting here judging it, thinking, well, if you said no, thank you the first time, why would you... I think people also think that if you have an abortion, that you've rejected it, that you've rejected the energy of that soul, you've rejected love. That's not true. Many of these women who've had these abortions and miscarriages totally love these spirits. Mm -hmm. They feel their energy around them. They had a sense it was a male or a female. They come to us and I go, oh, did you always suspect that your your abortion was a male? Yes, I did. Mm -hmm. It's an an affirmation. Well, I get that it is a male. Good for you. And I also get that you talk to it all the time and that you check in with it and you treat it like it's one of your kids. You keep thinking about it in terms of if my daughter's 16, then my abortion would be 15 and he would be a doing this right now Mm -hmm. and I think that some people think that if someone a woman's had an abortion that she never thinks of it again Mm -hmm. that she doesn't grieve it like a lost child or 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 a lost miscarriage but they do and I think that that validates these women I think it makes them it brings some back, uh, I don't know if you want to say a piece of their soul. Mm -hmm. I call it soul retrieval to some degree, because it's like they fragment when they go through that experience. Nobody's no, there isn't a strong base or a strong culture around us to encourage them to talk about it or to be able to share it. Can I talk about the men now? Yes, thank God. Yeah, and we. I hope men are listening and saying, "When are you going to talk about my contract? When are you going to?" Absolutely. Because, let's talk about the dads. Oh, I'm. You just goosebumps because so many men will come in and I will say, "So your wife had an abortion, or so your girlfriend did, or did you know you were the father of?" And they go, "You know, I, I had a, I had a feeling, but I don't know." And I can't ask her. I, I don't. She's married now. She's not my wife. I always suspected it's why we broke up. Like so many men have these intuitive feelings about this too. And they need their affirmations. They need it as much as the females do. But we we so don't sometimes bring into our sphere of thinking, our, our culture, our, our, our experience of thoughts, 
that they have their whole grieving process. Oh, that's something I've always... It's huge. And how many men shove that down? Because, well, if the women aren't allowed to talk about the abortion, then they sure as shit aren't. So they have no... There's no platform for them. Mm -hmm. And I just think it's what I love about you. It's what I absolutely adore about you. I know you're my daughter. Oh, me. Sorry, I thought you were talking about the audience. No. You. Thanks. It's it's one of the reasons I, I love you from, the, from I used to Thank say you. to you as a kid, Kelly, and, and your brother, Andrew, I used to always say to you, I love you right up to the sky and, and beyond. And your miscarriage. Yes. Yeah. I'd like to, t- I'd, I would love to talk about my miscarriage, but let's do yeah. the, let's, I was let's do say, the let's men do the first. first. <laughs> well, you know what? That's my sense of humor. So, well, not humor, but it's my personality to say s- silly things like that. And not understand. That not understand That's what okay. I'm saying, but let's do the men first. Yeah. Because they really need to hear this. And I think there are so many beautiful, beautiful men that don't know they're beautiful. So I think one of the best places to probably start is heading back to when we were talking about soul contracts. Because the women come in uh, to this life where they they have the opportunity to exercise their right. Mm-hmm. They have the opportunity, and I keep saying opportunity because some of us don't do that, right? Um, but they have the opportunity to have a voice and make a choice. Mm-hmm. And the flip side of that, the unfortunate side, is the men don't necessarily have that same opportunity. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, because when it, when it all comes down to it, there's still that argument of it's the woman's body. Um, and I don't know that there's ever really a right answer mm-hmm. um, when when a partnership is figuring things out or two people are trying to figure out what they're going to do mm-hmm. uh, and how they really feel about that. So I think where where the men really do lose out is having a final having a, having the say or a say having a say. And I think sometimes too, ha- even knowing. Oh, absolutely. So their right to know or not, because we have to kind of broaden the conversation all the time. Yeah. Um, and that there are different situations. So some men might say every man has the right to know. And I can't say that because I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I All of our sessions for both you and I are always individual mm-hmm. and we're always learning. So if I don't know something, I don't jump in and judge it first. Right. Okay. Keep going. Oh, I'm just bringing up points. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought I interrupted you. No, not at all. Oh, okay. No, I'm just, um, I guess, vo- voicing my concern for men because I don't, mm-hmm. oh, this is going to push so many buttons, but oh well. There's such a push for feminism and I'm all for it, but we don't treat our men well either. Yeah. We don't treat, I think the bottom line is that we don't treat each other well as human beings. Yeah. And I don't, I really don't think it's a female or a male issue. I think it's, it's a human being issue. It's a human rights issue. And it's a human respect issue. And I don't believe that that comment makes me any less of a feminist. Um, I think it's just a stand for love. And I don't think you can bring up women's issues without bringing up men's issues mm-hmm. right? and being respectful of both equally instead yes. of thinking that just because w- women have been suppressed, we have the right to, to abuse. Right. Because then we're just, we're acting in the same way as our abusers. That's right. Um, so having said that, I just want to bring up the men's side mm-hmm. and talk about the love that happens in that contract between the souls and the fathers. Mm-hmm. because the father can still say, I'm all for the abortion and I'm not ready. And this isn't right. This isn't a partnership. It was a one time or we're not in a good place to have a child right now. Um, they can have their reasons too, uh, mm-hmm. but that doesn't mean they love the soul any less. That's right. And I think so and often that their child is around them because we talk about yes. them having an inner knowing and them seeing their children and wondering where they are and what they're doing. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a contract both ways. And I think so many times we've made an abortion a woman's right and a woman's issue. Instead of understanding that in some cases, the male is present, is aware, and is part of the process mm-hmm. and the decision and the contract. Um, and that they're never heard or the anger isn't directed at the men. It's directed at the women because they took, they're the ones that's their body. But that there are some men who are partners that had 50% say in that and that the decision was came to by both people equally. And I think we can conveniently forget that when we want to throw women under the bus or men or men under the bus. So maybe then what I'd like to do is bring, 
uh, bring it back to the contract of the soul itself mm-hmm. that did or did not come through mm-hmm. um, and how they love their parents and oh, how they yeah. stay involved in both the mother and the father's world, regardless of where they are in relation to each other. Okay, so... I'll give a good little example mm-hmm. in that when a man comes in to see me and his partner has had an abortion, that we are able to connect to the spirit, of the soul, and be able to say and give affirmations and details about what's going on in the man's life, what's gone on in his life for all, let's say the abortion was five years ago. And let's say they've had a divorce in, the, in that interim and they've had two other children, that the aborted soul can come through and say this beautiful energy so I see you had two kids you had two girls they're three and four and a half years old you named one Emma and the other one um Belle and I'm you know I'm trying to you know whatever and um that you've got a divorce and that you moved to Ottawa and you changed your career and now you're a plumber Way to go. And the dad can sit there and go, oh my God, all of that is accurate. How do you know that? Because your child is telling me. Because this beautiful spirit, and I want to continue with one more aspect of this, is talking to you from your own heart space. Mm -hmm. Where it originated, where it exists, and where it continues to live. Mm -hmm. Because I think that we think of these spirits as something that came, decided not to come, and went back off into a heaven or a hell or whatever we believe, wherever they've gone, you know, depending on people's belief systems, but that they stay, that they're inside of our own hearts, your own energy, that they're always a part of you, just as if you have a child or you have someone else and they leave your living experience, which I think is just amazing so that they can understand, oh my goodness, they're still part of the family. Mm -hmm. That, and I say family because we we hold so much emphasis on our biological family. Mm-hmm. To, and we're just doing that in this show for that particular purpose, I'll say. Is that good? Yeah. You said you were going to do a second aspect? Yeah, it's gone. I figured. Okay. God. <laughs> You're I good at it. I can't things. hold on to anything. That's all right. Um, oh, my miscarriage. Yeah, okay. I was going to ask if can that we... was a safe place to go. Okay. Okay, this brings in my sister and um, one of one of my sisters. So I have three and four, five brothers, pardon me, five brothers. Um, This was years ago. So none of my family Oh, my sister Colleen was in Australia. um, Between when I had you and Andrew. And so she was in Australia on a boat on the ocean. She was cooking. She was a chef. And I was not in contact with her. And I had a miscarriage. Um, here in North Bay. So we're on opposite sides of the world and she has no idea what's happened. I've never told her. Fast forward, this was, God, maybe 10 years ago she brought, maybe she brought it up when you guys were teenagers. Yep, I remember. So 15 years goes by, Colleen's never had a clue as to um, this happened to me. And I didn't really share it with anybody. Well, well no, excuse me. Um, there were a couple of people that knew, but she wasn't one of them. So anyway, one night we were, I was leaving the house, mom's house, and she, and she's living with mom. So I was going out the front door. There was a full moon. I was freezing cold out. I just remember it was incredible black sky. It was just beautiful out. I went out the door and Colleen says, hey, I forgot to tell you something. So I went back towards the door and she's standing in the house and she says, I'm going to make it quick because it's freezing. She says, but I dreamt last night that I was talking to, uh, I was in the backyard at mom's place. Remember how Kelly and Andrew and I used to go out in the backyard and we'd make snowmen and we'd lay in the snow and make snow angels. And I said, yeah, I remember that. She says, I dreamt that they were small again. And she says, they were back in the backyard, but Karen Ann, she says, Andrew and Kelly were there, but there was another little boy. And she says, he was between Kelly and Andrew. So he was, well, you know, like around that time. So if he, mm-hmm. Andrew was four and you were six, this little boy was five. She says, and I dreamt that you had three kids. There was a boy and he was between the two of them. And he was five years old. She goes, why did I dream that? Well, she had also said, and this is just because I know you don't have the best memory, but go help me. She <laughs> said there was another boy there and she said to him, who are you? Oh, that's And right. he goes... I'm Andrew's brother. That's right, Kelly. Thank you for clarifying. Yeah. And so, anyway, 
Thank you. you. Yeah. No, you made the story so much better because th- th- I forgot that. And and the way that you say it and how Colleen would say it is just, sh- th- it's more authentic. So thank you. Mm-hmm. That has integrity to the story um, and, and, and to the, to the real experience. And I said to Colleen, um, Colleen, you were gone. You were in Australia. I said, um, on a boat on the ocean. And I had a miscarriage between Kelly and Andrew. And she went, what? I never knew that. Why didn't you tell me? And I said, I, I don't know. And, and, and maybe this is part of the reason why I wanted to do the show was because I did have a miscarriage and I didn't want to tell anybody. Was there shame in that? I, you know what, Kelly, maybe buried so deep within my psoas muscle. I have no idea. <laughs> and I throw out my psoas muscle yeah. because I wanted to get to that in this conversation is that we, this because this conversation has to go into the muscles and into the body parts where we hold this pain. Because for my entire life, my right psoas muscle and my left SI joint and my left IT band, and I could go on into my C6 joint or C6 in my spine, there are certain places in my body where I have pushed in my pain, where I have pushed in the experiences of whatever. And, you know, so people might go, what? I want people to pause. I want them to hold this in the conversation and go, oh, my God. Is that what's in my ovary? Oh my God. Is that why I'm breaking out in acne? I want them to think this way because it is what happens when we have these experiences and men too. So when you said about the men, mm-hmm. we think that because the woman had the miscarriage or the abortion, oh yeah, it makes sense. Karen Sarlo shoved that into her psoas joint or psoas muscle. Oh yeah, yeah, that makes sense. But if I say that, well, now my ex-husband, but at that time, my husband... If Steve's got that in his body, in his back, or in his knee, or in part of him at the same time, mm-hmm. that's an experience both of us went through. Mm-hmm. And that there are so many men that will have a sore back, a sore knee, and go, well, hold up. Does that mean that I've got that stuff in my body too? You mean it's not just that girlfriend, or that woman I slept with, or my wife, or my ex-wife, or whatever, do you mean I've got that too? Mm-hmm. Because I think sometimes we can think that the experience was just one person's because they are the physical person that went through it. But when it's an emotional experience, it's ours too. Mm-hmm. And that is a great place to have a conversation. Mm-hmm. I hope this podcast opens that up for people. I love you. I love you too. Yeah. Okay. Keep going. Oh, yeah, I don't know. You're just kind of looking at me and I don't know if I'm supposed to keep going. Anyway, back to Colleen. So I'll talk just for a minute. Oh my you, God. you can interject and people can giggle at my randomness. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Colleen. So here's a very, very Catholic, very religious woman. This is your sister. I don't think yeah. you actually said that. Oh, my sister yeah. Colleen, my older, one of my older sisters, very Catholic, very lovely in those so many ways having a dream, just putting the dream out there, wanting to understand it, but not able to understand because in her experience within Catholicism, that that doesn't make sense, Mm -hmm. but that she loves me. And loved us. And loved and still loves my ex-husband, but her ex-brother-in-law still loves Steve to this day Mm -hmm. and still loves both, like all of us all say. And yes. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, but she had a very, very special connection to Andrew. Oh God. Yes. And and I'll say to myself as well. Oh yeah. uh, But there, and I will be the first to admit there was something even, even more special about her and Andrew. Oh yeah. So to me, it makes sense that there, that, that other nephew connection with her. Well, that was her, the child she didn't bear, Yeah. but was truly her spirit child. Mm -hmm. And Andrew is absolutely her son. Mm -hmm. Um, but that she just didn't birth. And I I hope the aunts and uncles... Mm-hmm. can hear this or the pseudo aunts and uncles of their friends children yes who get the title uncle uh can hear all of that too oh yeah and how important that in i'll say in energy in spirit in life however you want to work you know i'm 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 loosey-goosey with terms and really old too okay <laughs> Okay, but you know what? It's good because I, I am 54 and you are 27. So you can bring in a newer vocabulary and I get, I, maybe we bridge some gaps here. Yeah, I don't know. But um, yeah, that how connected we are 
in that my my sister can still speak to her nephew Mm -hmm. and never have known that I had a miscarriage, but that in her beautiful experience of living as a human being, as Colleen, that she got to meet that spirit Mm -hmm. in a dream, see him, play with him, make snow angels, make snowmen. Love him. And love him as one of her one of her nephews nieces as she has for all of the other ones mm-hmm. which to me speaks of how truly big her heart is ah and pretty I th- cool eh yes and i'm going to yeah. argue because i think that speaks to how truly big everybody's heart genuinely is i right? agree because and especially and i know this this kind of goes into a different topic into dream walking into our dreams where we are less defensive or less less resistant or less judgmental yeah so we don't carry in the same belief system into our dreams because there's a subconscious or an unconsciousness yeah we don't have to be a catholic in our dreams or a buddhist or a monk or a and so to receive information that that goes against our beliefs in the dream state can be something that we just get excited about Mm -hmm. um, or get curious about because i mean she genuinely Mm -hmm. just looked at him and said who are you Mm -hmm. Uh, and and then there was just that willingness to to want to love instead of judge Mm -hmm. her like to me it said so much about colleen in that she and still does that she's trying so very hard as a human to match her spirit's intention that it came here to love Mm-hmm. And that it came here to experience that. And I know that she doesn't succeed all days in all ways because of the human experience. Mm-hmm. Um, but that that is the intention of her soul and that she gets to experience that as a human being. But also, like you said, in other different states, whether it's she's dreaming or daydreaming or whatever it is that she's doing and how we all have the opportunity to do that, whether we think we do or we don't. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. good podcast eh? yeah I love that topic I I'm really hoping is there anywhere else that you want to go with that I don't know I and I I do want to pause just for a moment even if you kind of jump right back in and we start again I do want to say that we want people to be able to email us um and get a hold of us and be able like you're not too late yes we've taped this Yes, this is up on the internet and you can listen to it and it might be five years down the road. Um, you know, today is September 22nd, 2015. But for us, for us yeah. in this time frame, but wherever and however you get this or whatever country you're in or however your age, that you might hear this and go on the internet and send us an email and um, ask us a question about this so that this podcast can continue. We can take your questions and your comments. And even if you're angry, even if you don't believe in it, that doesn't mean that we can't be open enough to think and to broaden our perspective of this, that if you think this is all lies or whatever, that if you share that in a respectful way, we can still look at that. We can still visit all of those things. Go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, if you're willing to ask questions. Yes. Because we, we've we experienced um, personally and virtually people who want to attack mm-hmm. with opinions, and everyone's entitled to their opinion. Um, we are far more open and willing to have a conversation, because we did, we did call this Coffee with the Sarlos, and it is meant to just be a conversation as you, mm-hmm. as you would invite anyone into your home and, and enjoy. Uh, that conversation with them. If you're willing to ask questions, to be curious, to open up your mind, um, and to to just look at something from a different perspective, that is why we welcome people to interact with us. Mm-hmm. It does have to be respectful. Um, there are boundaries, and it's important for people to know that other people do have boundaries, and that we have the right to say no, just because we're professionals, or because we have gifts, or because we're doing a podcast, doesn't make us targets uh we do uh, and we will be respectful of other people's and but also we demand and command that they are respectful of ours so we do invite that but anyway let's oh and what's um email karen i actually wasn't going to launch into anything else because i know you've got a client and i want to respect your time okay so if you do want to email us you can reach us at info at bysarlo.com spelled b-y-s-a-r-l-o 
Uh, and you can also check out the website, buysarlo.com as well. And the reason it's called buysarlo.com is because if you didn't catch us at the beginning of the podcast, our, um, we are Karen and Kelly Sarlo. Oh my. <laughs> Mom and daughter. Um, medical intuitives, mediums, and just a list. You can just check us out. And we hope that you enjoyed your coffee this morning. Take care. Bye.